I think it's going to be a really exciting few years. And that's what I'm excited about now. I think the, the last five years have been about connecting all these people. The next five years are going to be about all the crazy things that you can do now that all these people are connected. I want to say, you know, up front, uh, that I take full responsibility for this decision. This was ultimately my call. Um, and it was, it was, you know, one of the hardest calls that I've, I've had to make in, in, in the 18 years of running the company. Welcome to GeekWire. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. And I'm GeekWire co-founder John Cook. We are coming to you from Seattle, where we get to report each day on what's happening around us in business, technology, and innovation. What happens here matters everywhere, and every week on the show, we get to talk about some of the biggest stories in the news. John, I've got a question for you. If you were to name the defining stories, the defining trends of the Pacific Northwest technology market, and specifically Seattle, over the past decade... What would they be just off the top of your head? I'm hitting you with this cold. Okay. Well, you know, we've talked about this a lot. So top three or four, I think you've heard these before. The meteoric growth of Amazon, the rebirth of Microsoft under Satya Nadella, the arrival of engineering centers from Silicon Valley tech giants that have redefined the landscape of Seattle's tech market beyond just what it's known for with Amazon and Microsoft. Those are three biggies right there, but there are others too. For sure. And I would argue that some news we saw this week marked the end of the third defining story that you just named, the arrival of the Silicon Valley tech giants in the Seattle region. And it's not that they're going away, but I think we've definitely seen them hit their peak with the news from Facebook that they're going to be laying off 11,000 employees, or about 13% of their workforce, with a pretty significant impact, undisclosed so far, on their Seattle workforce. And John, it got me to reminiscing about an experience that I had back in 2011, right near Pike Place Market, when Mark Zuckerberg visited Seattle, and I got to sit in on a somewhat awkward session <laughs> between Zuck and a lot of the reporters in the Seattle tech market. I remember they started by saying it was going to be off the record. And then halfway through, one reporter convinced them to put one thing on the record. And then there was this ongoing negotiation over whether certain comments were going to be on the record. It was extremely amateurish. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. But after that, Zuckerberg spoke in what was supposed to be a private session for a bunch of developers. And of course, we had a source inside who recorded it. So I went back. Oh, gosh, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love when we do that. Exactly. <laughs> I Well, first off, I hate when people are in a public environment and try to put, you know, like there are 300 people in the room. They're saying, oh, well, no media. And like everyone else is allowed to share on social media do whatever they want with the content, except the journalists in the room who are supposed to be the people that are trained to actually tell the story of what's going on and assess what's going on. They're, they're the only people not allowed to tell the story. You got me on my one of my big pet peeves here. This actually also happened when Elon Musk came to town at Seattle Center a few years after this. And 
announced what was then the new SpaceX Starlink program, big recruiting effort, no media, no media. And I remember on that one, Taylor Soper, our colleague, was able to get some amazing photos through the window <laughs> that we used as file shots of Elon Musk for many years. And of course, we got the news out of that as well. When you have that many people in a crowd, uh, you're going to get the news. At any rate, this news about Facebook got me just reflecting on the growth of these Silicon Valley tech giants. And so I went back and I found that audio from our source inside the Zuckerberg talk. Let's listen to a little bit of it now. So at some point, there's Shrap, our, our head of engineering, and, and I sat down and we were like, all right, at some point we should probably think about opening up um, offices in other places. And we, we figured that Seattle would be a good starting place because it's culturally pretty similar to the area, pretty close by. You could just jump on a plane and, and, and talk that way. It's the same time zone, so it's easy to schedule time to, to hang out and, and talk with folks. Um, and if you'd asked me maybe six months or even eight months ago um, how confident I was that this was going to work, it, was, it, I mean, it started off and it was really just this experiment. You know, you come up here and it feels a lot like Palo Alto. Right, and I'm actually I'm, I'm I'm just up here for the day to hang out, and um, and I was surprised that actually a lot of a lot of our folks from Palo Alto are just here, like coming by, and people swing by for a week at a time or a day at a time, and it just there's really good cross flow between the offices. So now um, it's a completely different story. I mean, we've been totally overwhelmed with awesome folks um, who we've had the opportunity to talk to from you know Microsoft, Amazon, Google different startups here, and it's just really impressive. We're, it, it has definitely blown away our expectations for how um, quickly we were going to be able to find good people. And now the question is just, we have no target for how quickly we're trying to grow, but it's just all about only hire really good people, and um, we're, we're just really happy with how it's going. So, all right, so that was Mark Zuckerberg speaking at Facebook's office right across from the Pike Place Market back in 2011. Where they went was up to about 8,000 people in the Seattle region, including a giant space that they just leased in what's known as the Spring District in Bellevue, Washington, east of Seattle. I loved that clip just because it's a moment in time. I mean, that was the beginning of a wave. We ended up seeing more than 130 engineering centers established in the Seattle region by out-of-town companies, most of them from Silicon Valley just the, the innocent era that it seemed back then compared to, to what's happening now. What struck me was how out of touch he was in talking about Seattle <laughs> and trying to make the comparisons. I mean, hearing it today, it's kind of cringy, isn't it? A little bit. Listening to him, it's like, who would come into Seattle today and say, it feels like Palo Alto to me? It's like, <laughs> I mean, you just don't say that. Yeah, it's like people in Seattle don't want to feel like Palo Alto. And then the cultural similarities between the two markets, it's like, no, we don't want to be culturally similar to, to the Bay Area. I think that was even the case back then to a degree, certainly more so now. So I'm, we're looking at this through a slightly different lens uh, of history now. But still, it just seems out of touch. That was my takeaway, at least. Yeah, and, and I think you're right, John. And I do want to say, I think there's a possibility that he was using the phrase Palo Alto then, which, of course, was at the time the Facebook headquarters, and they've since moved to Menlo Park for California aficionados. But I think he was using the phrase Palo Alto, much like people would refer to Microsoft as Redmond. In other words, he was comparing the Facebook offices versus uh, the actual cities. However, I agree yes. with you, John. Any yes, comparison I, I in right. Seattle to the Bay Area 
it's cringy. He still went there. It's just a little bit more nuanced than it might have seemed in that clip. Our discussion continues after this. Technology moves fast. I need to move faster. WGU's competency-based education puts me in control of how fast I move through my IT degree program. I can accelerate my program by applying what I already know to my courses and focusing on the things I need to learn. Earn a respected accredited degree that propels your career in the IT field. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. To your point about this being the death of the engineering center in the Seattle area, I think I'm going to push back on that a little bit. A few things are going on. We're seeing just a complete retrenchment on very large tech companies laying off staff. And so that's just going on across the board. Now, they're still going to have workers who are working for these companies unless we see Facebook go to zero which is not out of the realm of possibility that a company completely implodes. I mean, we saw that this week in the crypto space. But if you're looking at talent and tech talent and where they're setting up shop and where people are migrating to and want to live, Seattle is still a very attractive and hot market for the most part. Very different from the Bay Area, where a lot of people have left. And so... I think the engineering centers here, while they'll take a brunt of the layoffs and a percentage of the layoffs, just like any other office, I think Seattle as a market holds up in a stronger way as a tech ecosystem than the Bay Area, where you're seeing talent migrating out of it at a rapid pace. And so I would say if I were Meta or I won't use Twitter – uh, but <laughs> That's a uh, whole you know, other story. Uh, Google, yes. I would be, and you do see these companies for the most part, they are still expanding and growing their workforces in Seattle. So I don't think you're seeing this as a moment in time where, oh, we saw this rise of 150 engineering centers and, and, it's, and it's collapsing on itself. I think they're still part of the ecosystem. There are arguments why it's actually better for these companies to have staff here versus other locations. And this market has held up a little bit stronger when at least compared to to the Bay Area. And Todd, just this week, we had another story about DoorDash, which uh, is expanding their engineering center in Seattle. They're employing about 600 people now and just expanded into 30,000 square feet in downtown. So I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. So much to respond to in what you just said, John. First off, DoorDash. I mean, do you really want to hold that up as some emblem of economic growth? I'm sorry. I look at More those... so than Meta. Now, that's an interesting argument. I, <laughs> I'm i not going there yet. I am not saying by any means that... This... DoorDash is better for society than Meta. <laughs> oh, oh, that's... What a rabbit hole. I'm not even taking that bait. Okay. All right. I am not saying that the Seattle tech market has lost its luster. If anything, I would argue that through this downturn, Seattle is in a much better position than Silicon Valley for a few reasons. And I think you see it in this meta layoff, the meta slash Facebook layoff. Seattle is based on enterprise technology. We do the stuff, we, the engineers in this market, do the stuff that matters. The stuff that people build other things on, infrastructure, cloud technology, enterprise technology, 
the things that businesses use, that developers use to make great things. And I don't think that's ever going to go out of style, if I could quote Taylor Swift on our podcast. But to me, what you're seeing is companies that have instead based their businesses on advertising, primarily on advertising, are extremely vulnerable right now in a downturn. And you've seen Google diversify with the cloud and with applications, basically becoming a little bit more like Microsoft. You've seen Facebook try to do it by getting more into virtual reality and augmented reality with Oculus. And Google, in that regard, has been much more successful in diversifying its business beyond advertising. And and to be clear, they still make the lion's share of their money, Google Alphabet, through advertising. But they've built a substantial enterprise technology and cloud computing business. I think a lot of these Silicon Valley companies that have expanded up here are more vulnerable to this economic downturn than the homegrown companies in Seattle. And so that's why I'm saying that this trend of Seattle being Silicon Valley North has reached its zenith and may be on its way out. Well, I have a few things to respond to on that. I think what you're arguing is more about an industry and specific sectors of the tech economy, not necessarily a geographical argument. I mean, I agree. I think Meta's business is, I mean, it's in free fall. I mean, I think their stock's down 70% this year. I mean, it is really tanking and it's because, well, it's because of a number of factors, but they are a consumer-facing, advertising-based business whose lunch has been eaten by TikTok and who's been unable to really pivot into a new era, not to mention that they just let their platform become free reign that anything could happen on and they didn't they didn't police it or control it. So it got completely out of hand. So I mean there are so many problems with with Meta and not a surprise that they're having a massive layoff as a result. It just speaks to their their business problems. And you're seeing that. I agree. You're seeing this with other consumer-based companies, Twitter, Google, as you mentioned, not as much uh, because they have been able to diversify. But there are a host of, of companies that are in the enterprise space or cloud space that have expanded into Seattle because of the cloud talent here as sure. well. So okay. um, fair I enough. see – that I mean, some of them will contract. I think every company is going through a contraction to a degree. Depending upon which sector you're in, you're going to get hit harder or not. And I realize I'm dealing in stereotypes here. However, I think there's no disputing the fact that the Silicon Valley tech economy is based much more on advertising and on fleeting notions of value than the core enterprise infrastructure approach to Seattle. And part of my thinking here is that in the past, I think Seattle got underestimated because of this behind the scenes role that it plays. And I think it's in times like this when you see just how important those types of things are and how temporary other forms of business models can be. Maybe. I would argue there is a lot of diversity in Silicon Valley tech in terms of 
the types of businesses there. I mean, remember, this Box, is a place that has Salesforce, Salesforce. and Oracle. Yeah. And, I got I mean, you. historically, I mean, the entire semiconductor industry, True. you know, was started there. And so, I mean, they have legacy biotech. I mean, it's they have a lot of different components of the tech industry. What happens is all the oxygen in the room gets <laughs> sucked up. And partly because of folks like us who write a lot about this stuff, write a lot about Elon Musk and Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg and Meta. And don't lump us in like that. Come on now. We, well, that's actually yeah, not true. I, would, I want to defend GeekWire on this one. We, we're, 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 hey, you know, we do boring as well right. as anybody. <laughs> we, 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 do, we do boring. We do boring too. But um, I would say those companies get an inordinate amount of attention. Yes. And it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate for the larger tech industry. And I've made this point in the past that a few companies like a Twitter or a Facebook or even in Seattle to a degree, Amazon, they kind of typecast the rest of the tech industry. And then everyone else kind of gets dragged down with them. Even if you might be a company that's creating a vaccine to wipe out COVID right. or a, you know, a new technology to cure cancer. You kind of get pulled down in that or a cool or a very cool enterprise application that makes your business run better. You know, it just those things tend to get overrun by the high profile consumer oriented companies. We will be right back with more. Before we wrap up here, John, I do want to play just for contrast the leaked audio of Mark Zuckerberg making this announcement this past week. This is courtesy of CNBC. I want to say, you know, up front uh, that I take full responsibility for this decision. Um, you know, I'm the founder and CEO. I'm uh, responsible for for the health of our our company, um, for our direction, um, and for for deciding you know, how we execute that, including things like this and. This was ultimately my call, um, and it was it was you know one of the hardest calls that I've I've had to make in 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 the eighteen years of running the company. Um, and a lot of why it's hard is, you know, obviously it it has a big impact on on your lives, um, but also you know for our mission we're we're losing people um, who you know, you've really put your your heart and soul into this place and. You know, each of you is is talented and and passionate, and um, you know each of you has played a role in making um, Meta the success that that it is. And um, no matter what team uh, you may have worked on, um, you know each of you played a role in in contributing to the products that billions of people use to connect every day. Of course, he should take full responsibility. Yeah. He has full he has full control of this company. Oh yeah, because of the way they're structured, and so of course it's. I mean, it is truly his company, and I would argue that this is where Meta made a big error. They at they had to have their moment of trying to find their Satya Nadella, mm -hmm. and they never did it. They they stuck with a founder who I think was out of his league and wasn't capable of running the organization 
and there's been a lot written about this and whether Sheryl Sandberg could have been the person who could have taken over. But it does speak to the idea if there was a different structure of this company and there was a, you know, more a board that had some teeth and a founder who was willing to recognize his weaknesses and find uh, an executive that could help run it, would Meta be in the place that it is today? I mean, it's all it's all hindsight, but it seems like they could have been on a much, much different path had they chosen a different structure and leadership at a point in time in their history, and they chose not to do that. Or Mark Zuckerberg chose not to do it. And and I think it was would have been probably a smart business decision had he picked an executive team that he could have relied upon more to run the company. And then he could have gone out and he could have done his metaverse, you know, spin off $5 billion to be the founder entrepreneur type, which obviously he's decent at, and go run this Skunk Works program and let the professionals run meta. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't really understand meta. I don't understand this giant bet on the metaverse where they're at right now. I, I'm just so lost with who or what they are and why it matters to society. And here we are talking a lot about them. Amen. That makes so much more sense than the path they chose. And effectively, he would have been letting somebody else run Facebook and he would have gone off and run Meta. Instead, they decided to rename the entire company. And it's hard to look at that as anything but megalomania. Well, it's a very, very bold bet on something that hasn't taken root yet. And that's cool. I think it's great when companies take big, bold bets. I mean, Amazon is one of the best at it, right? And they've had a lot of success and a lot of failures. It's very different. The contrast between how Amazon does that and how Meta decided to do it is really wild. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. To see all of our coverage of tech, science, business, and more from our perch in the Pacific Northwest, go to geekwire.com and be sure to subscribe to our daily email newsletter to catch all of our headlines. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. Thank you for listening to GeekWire.